0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Cules! Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Troy Cadott. In today's episode, we'll be diving into Barca's victory over Atletico Madrid. We'll give you a weekly update on Barca B and their quest for promotion. Leo Messi was in Barcelona this weekend. Let's talk about some spotlight players, La Mall and Fabricio Diaz. And then we'll give you a brief RIO preview. Before we get into these topics, here's a
1: quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cybercriminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash barsa now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. All
0: right, Barca 1-0 over Atletico Madrid, which I think everybody pinned this game as probably... Uh, Barca's toughest match remaining on the schedule um, as they uh, march into being La Liga champions um, I don't think it was a disappointment as a game by far I mean it was competitive uh, competitive action-packed and you know probably everything that you could expect from a from a Barca and Leti uh, game uh, big big stories uh, within this game though first uh, obviously, we welcome back Frankie and Pedri. Frankie obviously has been out for a shorter time, but albeit was out and severely both of these guys were severely missed uh, during that streak of Barca you know, uh, not scoring and losing to Madrid and then having those consecutive draws. So uh, certainly uh, and super happy to have both of those guys back, world-class players obviously, and, and both of them made an impact on the field. Uh, when they came in, obviously Frankie started and was subbed off um, mid-second half, and then uh, Pedri came on later, um, and both of them played r- really well. I mean, as if they hadn't uh, you know, been gone at all and certainly didn't miss a beat, and you could certainly feel... Uh, feel the fact that they were back with, um, you know, certainly some some really good play coming out of the midfield and and some very good uh, control of the tempo uh, in the ball. So super happy to have those guys back. Certainly would have loved to have a full squad again. Going back to that loss to to Madrid, but it is what it is. Moving on and uh, we'll move forward from here. I believe uh, not for. Today's game against Ryo, but for Saturday's game against Betis, I think we'll be at a full squad, not including Sergio Roberto, who I think won't be back at all the rest of this year, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but I believe um, Dembele and Christensen will be back for that Betis game. So uh, almost almost back to a full squad, which um, I think most Kules, most Barca fans uh, will be happy to hear uh, as there, like I mentioned, those, that, those, that three game stretch where I think questions started to pop up of, can we close this deal out? So once we get these players back, I think we'll be on cruise control, except for today, which I'll talk about in a, uh, at the end of the show here, um, about, uh, with, against Ryo. So, uh, in that, in the Atletico match, I mean, obviously both teams had their chances, right? I mean, they, uh, it was pretty back and forth. A lot of missed chances actually. I mean Griezmann, you know, I mean, started it off pretty early with that with that long shot off the bar, the top of the off the top of the bar and and then kinda woke up Barcelona, let them know that hey, uh Aletti's here to play, they're not gonna make it easy on us for sure. They certainly wanted to win. And uh then uh you know, of course we had couple of times there where the ball was bouncing around bouncing off Rafinha's knee and I mean we just had some chances there that um, you know of course as this team grows and gets better you know those are the types of chances that you certainly cannot miss especially when you're playing against you know the top European competition uh, but that's for a whole nother pod and and for next year but uh, Griezmann played fantastic and you know I always you know, when he does play like that and through this year, he's he's been Atletico's top player, and you're like, why couldn't he have just, you know, did this for Barcelona and maybe his story would have been a little bit different? Albeit I know that he was playing out of position for the most of the time that he was here and Messi was here, and so he probably couldn't be himself. Uh, but but he's a fantastic player. I mean, he is a, he's a top-level player, um, and I was actually happy for the guy. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of controversy with him, you know when he originally told barcelona no and then he came and then it was just you know within that time period that a lot of culés would like to you know forget about where we had such the high wages and covid and and um, you know all that that went with it but uh, it was good to see him play well even though I certainly you know didn't want him to play good enough that you know he was the reason why atletico beat barça so but anyway it was good to see him play Rafinha for me had a really good match as well which was certainly due for him, you know, considering the subpar performances he's had recently, you know, five or six games where you're like, man, dude, like, you know, you got to play a lot better than this. Uh, Here's your chance Dembele is hurt. You know, here's your chance to really solidify, you know, your spot on the roster. Um, And he didn't, you know, capitalize within that that game period, but he certainly stepped up to the plate uh, against that. Letting was a driving force and obviously his, Assist to Fran Torres was was fantastic, and uh, you know we really basically have no creativity on the left side. So the only creativity we have is really either going up through the middle or going off to the right. So defenses know where the ball is going to be going, and so it's really kind of pins him in a corner already. But uh, it was really good to see him, you know, play. He was making moves. He was the one thing about Rafinha that I've always liked. Versus a Dembele is Rafinha will always, not. I shouldn't say always, not every play, but more often or not, will track back and play defense. He is one of the hardest workers on the field whenever he plays, whether he's having a good game or a bad game. And so, you know, for that, I really do appreciate him and, and I've been a big fan of him. And I actually, you know, had been a big fan of the move for, you know, and we're pushing for Barcelona to sign him when his name was coming up, you know, last summer, you know, about a player to add. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, this will this will keep him going on a string of games of uh, playing well. But obviously, like I mentioned, Dembele would be ready to come in, uh, I believe, on this Saturday. So we'll see what happens to to Rafinha. On the downside, his name has been coming up as a target of Newcastle. Which with Barcelona's financial situation and with them wanting to move on some of the players here, you know, in the off season, he could potentially be a selling target and it's, you know, in a high, a high value, high dollar sale. So we'll have to see what happens with him. I, I hope Barcelona doesn't. I really, I really hope they don't. Albeit we have two good players that play on the right wing and we have needs elsewhere. And so Barcelona is going to have to do something with one of those players. So we'll see what happens. Lewandowski, uh, you know, pr- played about as well as he or unwell, you know, depending on your opinion of, of him, as he, as he has been with the exception of that super selfish play that uh, he made when we had that breakaway and he decided to, you know, take the goal uh, himself when he had... Rafinha wide open, Uh, it was later, you know, well, late to middle second half, Uh, Barca's up 1-0 at that point in time, I think that would have been a, a for sure, certain goal if he would have just passed it off to Rafinha, as the goaltender had come out of the box to shut down Lewandowski, didn't happen, but for me, uh, you know, really, really selfish play, like really selfish, and Hopefully he to his teammates, or at least to Rafinha in the locker room after the game, because what we don't need is somebody to be super selfish like that. I know we brought him in to score goals, and I know that that's what he does, but that goal could have put that game away, and that game went to the end, right? That game went to the final whistle, and and Atletico still had chances after that to tie this game up. Now, would it have been the end of the world if they would have tied it? no we still would have been up points we're up 11 points as we speak right now could be up 14 after this rio game but um and we got three points for that match but a two-point difference you know reduction in where we're at would make things you know let's say we go on to tie tonight that would have put us up only nine points and or um no that would put us up 10 points because we'd get a point for today but what if we lose today and then that would have put us up only nine points. So that's not a position we want to be in. Um, only nine points up, and there's still a good amount of games. So he should have he should have passed it off. There is no excuse for what he did. So uh, hopefully we we see him being you know um, more unselfish uh, as we go along. Obviously Barcelona did what they needed to do. One one more step closer to winning La Liga. Still not a top performance. But a win is a win. We're not going to complain about it. We're certainly going to take it against a high-quality opponent and then move on to Rayo to Vallecano uh, today. Next, Barca B. So, you know, I bring you the weekly updates about Barca B. As I mentioned last week and have for the past couple weeks, they are in contention for the playoffs uh, in their third tier. Uh, they drew. Uh, they drew against the team that just is sitting below them in points, so that was a good result. It was at uh, Castellón, and so it was a, a an um, in away game with a pretty uh, rowdy crowd there. Um, I watched the replay on Barça TV. Pretty rowdy crowd, and um, so a one-one draw coming out. There's a really good result for them. So they're still they're at 54 points in the league. Top two teams are sitting at 60. Castellón, who that he said they just beat, are at 53. So six points out from the top two positions. Again, as I mentioned, top two positions automatically uh, move on for promotion, and then the rest go into a playoff. and And I will explain these playoffs uh, when they get there. So let's let's make sure that uh, Barca v Barca Athletic get to those playoffs before I spend my time on explaining how the heck it works. Because like I mentioned, it's it's pretty complicated. So Castile Leon. Went up uh, 1-0, about 21st minute. Fantastic header. I mean, top-level level header, which certainly got their crowd going, you know, even more so. Uh, a little bit later, about 10, I think it's about 12 minutes later, uh, off a corner kick. Uh, Estanis Pedrola wide open. No one's even around him. It's a, a corner from the right side of the pitch. No one's even around. I mean, he comes around to the top of the box, 20 yards away was the first defender, and just taps in a beautiful high, uh, high kick. Just you know, sails in under the post. Goaltender couldn't even see it because there are so many people in front of him. Just a beautiful kick, um, but obviously one of those kicks that really I think a lot of players probably would have skied. But I mean, he really, he really. Was uh, had super nice touch on that goal, so ties it up one one. They go into halftime. They come out of come out of halftime. Uh, dual red cards. <laughs> Both teams go down uh, to ten men, and then uh, I'll explain it as it's a dogfight from here on out. So uh, lots of fouls. Again, like I said, a rowdy crowd. Um, they were just going at it back and forth. Both teams had chances, couldn't capitalize, and again. This, I, the one thing that I think is super funny is this team mimics you know, the first team a lot. They did what they had to do to, to get this draw. They were going for the win. Both teams were going for the win. Uh, but a good draw again. They got the result on the road. And again, there's um, a good amount of matches left for them to make a dent into those uh, six points. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on there. If you want to watch them, check out Barca TV. Get that membership. You can see all the replays for, for Barca Athletic on there um, and see how this team is fighting. I mean, uh, Rafa Marquez really has this team competing um, where maybe in the past few years they were trying to rely on talent to win games, but now they're competing. They're doing those little things to, you know, to, to get results in these games, whether it's a win or a draw. That's 11, 11 matches in a row now without a loss. As I mentioned last week, they're on uh, quite the quite the string of matches. Pretty exciting to watch. So I'll keep you guys up to date on that. Leo Messi comes to Barcelona. Leo Messi, his familia, and 15 maletas come to Barcelona <laughs> uh, on a flight, uh, which of course you know broke the broken the news, Twitter, and broken all the you know Barcelona media was all over it with the you know they're taking videos of them coming you know coming off the plane or whatever. Uh, so that was super interesting with everything that's going on right now. Like Barcelona is putting on the full press to get him back. You know, PSG is on, on their end saying We're, we are not negotiating anymore. Messi wants more money and we just don't have it. We're going to focus on more, you know, French players. And so, um, yes, uh, and funny story. And for the you know, the the people that are part of the Barca Talk WhatsApp group, which I certainly invite all of you guys uh, to join, five bucks a month. I mean, we have fantastic discussions in this in this WhatsApp group. You should think about joining. There's my little there's my little plug for joining. But um, pre, I think it was pre. I'm gonna have to go back and look now. Don't. But sometime last year. <laughs> don't put me. Don't quote me on the date. I'm gonna find the date. I'm gonna go back and look. But sometime last year, and I think it was pre. I think it was pre World Cup. I put in the WhatsApp group, Messi to Barcelona. It's a done deal. Now, I was informed that there were activities taking place. I didn't know exactly what those activities were, but there were plans in place. There was planning happening uh, that Messi would would be back. Now, obviously, that was very early on. So, whether or not those plans were for the you know in the event that maybe Barca could be in the running for getting them back, that's that's possible. But my gut told me with everything that was happening in PSG, with the type of person that uh, that Messi is, my gut just told me that he was going to come back. So I put in our WhatsApp group, Messi back to Barcelona, done deal. Obviously, you got mixed results on this, right? Like people were like, yeah, right, way too early on. It's not going to happen. You know, we don't want him back. So obviously those, those core Messi fans were like, you know, we can't wait for him to be back. So it's super interesting because I, I, I am really mixed on this uh, topic. Because uh, if you've listened to any of these pods before and heard me talk about Messi, I didn't become a Barca fan because of Leo Messi, which a lot of people did. That's not why I became a Barca fan. And so, and I actually pinned a lot of Barcelona's faults on him. Like the 4 0 against Liverpool or the Roma or a lot of the Champions League exits, I really pinned on Messi because you got a guy that's walking around and I just felt like he is the captain. He was the one that, you know, drove the performance of Barcelona. And when you have a player that was walking around, and I know that's his style, I get that. I'm not, that's arguments for a whole nother show. But when your team's getting their ass kicked, and you're walking around what is that telling everybody else like we quit we're done so i really not to go off on a soapbox on Messi, but i really pinned a lot of it on him like i expected more leadership out of him now i wasn't in the locker room so perhaps in the locker room pre-game post-game he was providing you know those leadership qualities but all i saw was what was presented on the field and at that time in my opinion it wasn't a very good leadership quality that he brought to the team and neither you know so for some of these veterans on this team and that includes busquets that includes alba uh players like that like i don't think that they exude really good leadership qualities you know i don't just don't see enough out of them from what you expect that's again that's for a whole nother show or maybe not <laughs> uh, so i am mean, a mix but i gotta i will admit I did get caught up in his in his um, Argentina winning the World Cup. I did get caught up in that whole environment, uh, you know, and, and seeing the guy smile and seeing how he was with that team. And then you know, your mind starts to think like, what if what if he brought that energy here? What if he you know what if this team already has that energy and he just comes in and 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 lives off of it? Um, but the team doesn't rely on him to provide it. You know, wouldn't that be a good fit? So, so I, I am mixed on this. I certainly am mixed on it. The fact that we are having trouble scoring certainly makes you think like, hey, we should bring this this player in, like the best ever, right? The best ever, and is still playing at a high level. Like he's still scoring, you know, like crazy, and assisting like crazy for PSG. So why wouldn't we want him? Obviously, fi- you got financial fair play. You got uh, you have to think of financial fair play. You have to think of this Barca team gets better and better every game on playing a high press, right? They lose the ball, you press. Messi's not going to do that. So how and, and how will that be overcome, right? How will Chavi overcome that? And what I mean by overcome that is another player step in and do that. It, does Messi not play every game? Which I heard this week. There were there were rumors that, you know, Xavi has told Messi you're not going to play every game. It'd be interesting to see if that's actually true or not. But those are types of things to think about uh, when bringing them in. But at the end of the day, an absolute for me is you have to give someone like Leo Messi the, the chance to say goodbye like he deserves, right? I mean, this is the... The sports story, right? A kid that came to Barca, came to Limassia, needed growth hormones to grow up. We, you know, Barca provided that, lived his, you know, here his whole entire career. Best player, won champions, won all the trophies, won all the, the Ballon d'Ors, won all these uh, awards. And then obviously he had to leave because of uh, some bad decisions. So at the very least, I think the story needs to be closed out where, and he's won everything. He's won everything. Last thing to do is to say goodbye to the to the Barca fans, and and again, um, we, we'll see if that happens. There's there's a lot to, to to go on there, so we'll see. Moving on, player spotlight pretty quick. Uh, big story coming out of uh, the Atletico game is Mina Mall. Kids 15 years, nine months, ten days as of the as of this past Sunday makes the roster. Young uh, youngest player ever. Uh, to do so, and we want to talk about mixed emotions. Here's a kid that I have mixed emotions with as well. Supremely talented player. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. He is very good. I've watched a lot of a lot of his highlight reels, a lot of replays uh, from the juvenile Awe, from the you know UEFA the UEFA youth league. Anytime I can see him play, he's a fantastic player. I mean, offensive threat. Like yeah, you know, really really advanced offensive threat but <laughs> and this is a big but there's already whispers there's already talk of him you know going elsewhere you know he's signed with Jorge Mendez rightfully so right he's he knows he's going to be a big player but already already locked on to we'll just say the world's biggest agent now football's biggest agent and um, you know there's been already things in the past where's dad was you know seen you know at a real madrid game wearing the madrid uh kits and stuff like that so it sounds like he's a madrid fan it just already feels like they're peddling you know peddling you know lamine to to other clubs i I don't have any information this is just pure opinion that you know that that's what they're doing but It's like, is there any type of loyalty? Like Barcelona, you know, brought him in. They brought him into La Mesilla. They brought him into the program. And it's like Barcelona's having to, you know, it's almost like you got that spoiled superstar player. Barcelona's having to do things for him to keep him happy, uh, like putting him on the roster. And it's like, come on, you're not even 16 years old yet, and you have Barcelona having to do things for you to keep you happy. Like, where's the loyalty at, right? So what does Barcelona do with these this type of player? Because with superstars, this is always going to happen, right? To me, it feels like they're never happy. To me, it feels like they're never happy. And, you know, how far is Barca willing to bend over for a player like this, you know, to make him happy? You know, to put him on the roster for me was nonsense. Just put it that way. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. Um but that's me right i'm I, i'm not leading this club i'm sitting here you know in the united states uh not responsible for the decisions of clubs so it's super easy for me to say that but um but how far is barca willing to go there's already you know been discussions of these things that they have promised him to keep them happy and it's like how about being happy because you're playing for one of the top uh, academies in the world right top we'll say top three i think I think you could argue with anybody on the planet that that Lemesia is a top three academy in the world. How about being happy that you're that you're there, right? And everything that goes along with it. But, again, you have these superstars and it just seems like, man, Barcelona's just had a bad run with players like this. We had uh, Ilyax Mariba that went through this as well and look what happened to him, right? You know, he didn't want to stay, kid was only 19 years old, thought he was a superstar. You know, his agent wanted unreal money. Um, and then goes off and um, goes to Germany fails there I think I don't even think he made it six months they had already loaned him out to Valencia where he's sitting at now but he's not even I don't think he's even a regular starter there you barely hear his name brought up you have the Ansu you know stuff going on right now where it's the same thing right his dad goes off and you know says all these things to the press and um, you know really makes you wonder like dude like Barcelona is taking care of your son. Uh, You know, he's had multiple injuries. You know, if you don't know anything about Ansu Fati, he's had about three pretty significant injuries uh, where Barcelona has taken care of him. I think, don't quote me on these. I I know that there's three of them. I don't know the time frames, but one was when he was on the youth side and then obviously two here with with Barcelona with the first team. Um, But it's like we've sat with him. We're still paying him his salary, right? We're still paying him, and um, he's clearly not, you know, in in hundred percent form right now. Whether that's psychological or physical, you know, not sure. But he's not at the top of his game right now. And his dad goes off, you know, complaining about his playing time or whatever. So um, I don't think that Barcelona is the only club that has to deal with players like this. And it won't be the last time, for sure. It'll be a commonplace. But, you know, what do you do? What do you guys think, you know, um, what uh, Barcelona does with players like this? We'll see. Uh, Fabricio Diaz, Uruguayan midfielder. I love to say Uruguay like that. Um, You know, I was thinking he's a super—let's talk about him first and then my thoughts. He's a super uh, player, highly rated defensive midfielder, short guy only five, nine, you know, that's what Barca loves. They're a little short guys. Um, but he does have that Uruguayan uh, intensity with him, like, you know, and um, so Barca has been scouting him for a while. Agent came to Barca, uh, came to the offices. Uh, the rumors coming out of that meeting were that Fabricio only wants Barca. You know, they're, they're talking, sounded like he originally wanted to stay in South America uh, for another year before making a move, but maybe the, maybe that's changed since you know Barcelona's uh, obviously showed interest in him. So we'll see what happens. But this is a position that Barcelona needs to reinforce, right? We need to reinforce that CDM position, and so uh, bringing a player like him, getting him into the squad. And what I mean by the squad, maybe that's Barca B, maybe that's the first team, maybe it's a combo of both. But the sooner you get him into the squad, the better, right? And for an example of that, just look at Araujo. You know, the sooner we got him into the squad, let him start to assimilate to the style, to the life in Barcelona, to the training, the better we will be. But how important is it for Barcelona to find players like like him, right? If Madrid if Madrid has control of Brazil, which it appears to be that way, then why shouldn't Barca be going into Argentina and Uruguay? And Going after these types of players and what I mean by these types of players. I mean these guys that have the potential Right, they have potential, but they're not on the radar of all of Europe Those are the players that we need to take a chance on They They don't cost much we have the, the the Channels of development to bring these players in to see if we can grow them right we have La Masia we have Barca B we have obviously the first team, so we need to get these players over, and uh, so hopefully we we get him we get him over here so we can see what he can provide. But obviously going on Araujo and the success, I mean, he's to me he's the best he's the best center back in the world right now. I, I just tell me tell me somebody who's playing better than Araujo. I don't think you find him. I just don't think you find him so based on his success i think that's what we need to look we need to be going into you know argentina uruguay and see when, what else that they that they have to offer because those players do present a level of physicality a level of intensity that i hate to say it but some spanish players sometimes a lot of times don't bring that right they bring talent they bring skill set but they don't have that level of intensity and physicality in barca in order to compete in the big, on the big teams, in the big championships, in the Champions League, against the Premier League teams, the top of Europe, need to have a mix of that. We need to have some intensity. We need to have some physicality. Again, look at what Araujo's done. So it'd be fantastic to, to see him to pick up this guy. Lastly, Rayo Vallecano. To me, I know a lot of people, as I said in the beginning of the show, a lot of people pin the matchup against Atletico as the hardest match for Barcelona remaining on the schedule, but this match today, for me, is the toughest match remaining. This team, Rio Vallecano, has Barca's number, okay? The last three matches, Barca's 0-2-1. Two losses, one draw. So they can beat us, and albeit, I know that that was at a time where we were going through things, we were changing coaches, we had the financial problems, we were playing kids, I get all of that, But we even played them to a draw this past fall, and it was essentially the team that we had now, albeit I think, I believe there were some injuries still on the defensive side. But they're not an offensive threat anyway. What they are is they play a super high press, and they're physical. They get up in our face, they're going to be in our face all day long. So Barca cannot get into a style match with them because you just don't have time. You really just don't have time. So you got to play, you kind of got to play their game. And, um, which, which, this Barca team of how they've been for 2023, obviously match up a little, a little bit better with you know their defensive. I mean, they're almost you could say they're a defensive first, right? With this, with how they play, with the, our lack of goals, with you know the the what nine goals given this year so far uh, throughout the league. Uh, the a certain amount you know I don't even know how many clean sheets it is I know Ter Stegen's going from the record but you could say that Barca at this point in time in their history is a almost a defensive first so we so because of that we do match up better we do match up better but we still do struggle against teams that play a high press so this game for me is going to be a struggle okay um, however however I'm going to go ahead and predict that a two to zero win with Lewandowski and Ansu with goals. That's when I feel it's going to happen. I think those goals will probably come late in the second half, maybe after the 70th minute when they beat the crap out of each other <laughs> for 70 minutes. And then at that point in time, they tire and then um, our skill set overcomes the physicality and intensity. Um, but we'll see what happens. But again, to reiterate today for me, mid-game match Look at, look at how this setup is. It's a mid-game match. Or mid-week match. Mid-week match. Sorry about that. Uh, we just came off of a big game against Atletico, right? We're on the road at Rio. Look at all those ingredients, man. You mix all those ingredients up together, and you normally have an outcome that's not favorable to Barca. But I still think that they pull it off today. Could be 1-0. I mean, really. I mean, if you're a betting man, you take one zero with this Barca team, considering so many of their games have you know been a one zero game. But today, I'm predicting a two zero Lewandowski and Ansu with goals. We'll see what happens, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, if you want to chat with all of us, you can chat with me personally and the rest of the with with Gabriel and uh, the rest of the of uh, the guys that record Craig and Remy. If you want to chat with us personally, just sign up. It's five bucks a month. Sign up for the WhatsApp group. We have healthy, healthy <laughs> conversations in there. Nobody is shunned for your opinion. You might have somebody come back and say, "Hey, I don't think so," but it's all for fun. Everybody in that in the group gets along well, and it's just really if you're a if you're a Kool-Aid, if you're a true Kool-Aid and a Barca fan, and you know you don't have anybody to you know chat with after, prior, you know during the week. You should join this group. Look us up. It's Bar- Barca Talk, five bucks a month. Join, guys. We'll see you after this game. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.